Hello, and welcome back to the Meraki Unbox podcast. My name is Sammy Brenner, and we are recording this on a Friday, and I could not be more happy that it is about to be the weekend. And uh, we've got an incredible podcast for you today, although I know you're listening to this on a Wednesday, which is when all of our content is released. And I'm very excited to announce our guest in just a second. Um, But before I do that, make sure you download, subscribe, tell all your friends about the Meraki Unbox podcast. We wanna make sure people are listening and uh, hearing the latest and greatest every two weeks. And a shameless plug, if you wanna collaborate with us, if you have great ideas about guests on the podcast, reach out, let us know. We would love to collaborate with you if it makes sense. So without further ado, I'm gonna get into the content today and introduce our guest and read a little bio, and then we're gonna get into a fantastic conversation. So Ricardo Duque is an electric engineer and a technical sales leader with 18 years plus of experience in pre-sales, architect design, planning, implementation, configuration, technical support, and consulting about IT and networking devices. So he is really a jack of all trade and a total brainiac. Ricardo currently is a TSA, and that stands for Technical Solutions Architect at Cisco Meraki, and joined us, joined Cisco, the organization, back in 2014. So he's had years of experience at Cisco. He currently resides in Southern California um, with his wife, and he is a self-proclaimed dog lover, but doesn't have any dogs yet. Um, He enjoys cooking and barbecuing and loves to stay active and fit and is a huge sports guy. I guess soccer is his sport, so we might get into that in a little bit. But welcome to the podcast. Ricardo, how are you? I'm doing great, Tammy. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Again, it's Friday. What can go wrong? Oh, yeah, right? It's almost it's almost time for a beer, right? It's almost time for a beer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you and I are on the same page. It is five o'clock somewhere. Um, well, great. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited that you're here. And uh, you kind of got here because we, uh, on the CEC, which is the homepage, for those of you listening outside of Cisco, Ricardo had an awesome feature story kind of about who he is and what he does at Cisco and some of his passion projects. And we thought, hey, he would be an amazing guest on the podcast. So we'll have to yeah, get into you. some of that. That, thank you. Thank you. That sounds awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it was, but it's, thank you. Yeah, of course. So let's start from the beginning. I always ask this question first. Tell us your story and how did you get into technology? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start my story, but I'm just saying that I, you know, I was born and raised in Bogota, Colombia and in, in the eighties. So yeah, you can guess I have some gray hair, of course. Um, and you know, I was born in a very low income family and I was the eldest of the three kids. My parents are carpenters and they even struggled to just get, you know, finish their high school education, quite honest. Uh, however, I think they have something that really shaped our family of five. And that was their core values. So their core values about love, courage, discipline, you know, ethic, and a super strong sense to helping others, even though we have really not that much to help at that point. Uh, But, uh, you know, since I was a kid, I found my passion for education and just for learning. And, you know, with all my determination and, of course, with my family support, I, I started to achieve academic 
and the sport excellence. And, you know, I just finished my high school and then I become a, you know, a trailblazer and I just joined into the college, right? So I just joined the Universidad Nacional de Colombia, which is, for those of you that probably are familiar, one of the, you know, big universities in Colombia uh, to just start my engineering degree. And I was the first one in my family to just do that. So wow. I really take the flag and see, okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it wasn't an easy experience, quite honest. Again, a lot of a struggle from the financial perspective with my family. Uh, however, uh, you know, I was able to just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, having, uh, uh, you know, a really huge success on my, on, you know, my college. And during my last year, I was 20 years old at that time. Um, and I won the chance to become into a CCNA instructor at that time. So the university was trying to open a NetaCAD in, in a college. So I just participated in the process, uh, you know, won the chance to uh, have all that certification process. And I become a, you know, CCNA uh, and CCNA instructor. Then I graduate from my, you know, uh, college like a like like the top engineering student, and and I was even the speaker of my graduation ceremony. And quite honest, that's probably still one of the happiest moments in my life. Um, and I'm pretty sure for my parents as well. You know, just see wow. the first one on the family just uh, on the stage, and and I graduate with honors, with honors, quite honest, in the, in the in in that one. But the interesting part about the journey, it wasn't even that. After that, I really began another you know, journey of transformation because what I want to do is, okay, now I'm an engineer uh, and now I need to work to just with my family to give the same chance to my sister and my brother, right? And we start working together and I'm so proud to say that, uh, you know, they also become successful uh, lawyer and doctor. So my sister is a lawyer, my brother is a doctor with multiple specializations. And, you know, from zero, from, from zero to, to three, I'm going to say. Um, while I was working in all that, right, with, you know, with that purpose in mind, you know, just help to transform our family's life, I set my goal to just become a Sisconian, right? So it was like, hey. I really like this. I love the approach. I love technology. Of course, I'm an engineer at heart. And so I start working with Cisco partners, service providers, sharing my knowledge a little bit across borders in South America, Central America, even in Europe, uh, teaching some Cisco classes and using NetaCAD, of course, and the learning partners that Cisco has, and also working as a college uh, associate professor because actually that's one of my passions, right? Teaching and learning from people. That's really one of my core uh, you know, the values. And at the end of the day, all those experiences ultimately just uh, you know, brought me to the option to start my Cisco journey. And I become a, you know, I just was hired like a red badge or contractor in the Cisco Advanced Services for LATAM. And that was 2014, about 10 years ago now. And since then, I just start, you know, integrating all those my all all of those core values that I have with the Cisco culture, and just moving, uh, you know, on the corporate ladder, if you want to call it in that way, and just you know, jumping from 
one role to another in Cisco. And that's how I ended here. <laughs> wow. Lot to unpack there. Lot to unpack there. So I want to go take a couple steps back and we can talk about your career at Cisco and, and, you know, kind of climbing the corporate ladder and jumping around and, and doing different roles. I want to go back to this innate need that you have, like graduating with honors as an engineering student, which is incredible, but then to give back and help ensure the success of your brother and your sister who became doctors and lawyer, a doctor and a lawyer, which is incredible. What was your role in helping them achieve that success? Like, what did that look like? I'm just curious, like, did, was it just like inspiration or how did you help them get on that path? Uh, that, that, that's a great question. I think, uh, first of all, I, I offered, of course, some economic support, right? So, of course, I was offering some economic support because I was getting my first job at that time, right? Uh, but I think, quite honest, that that wasn't the most important thing, right? Of course, I mean, you need to pay the, the college, right? Um, but uh, to me, it was more the example, right? They was just leading by example. And just they were trying, you know, to just, of course, do and believe that you can change, you can change it, right? Um, and of course, I was trying to show them how to do it, talk to them. And I think it was more like a coaching, you know, exercise and a mentoring at the same time in which I was, you know, use those, all those challenges that I had at some point and just teach them how to transform those challenges into real opportunities and how to really, you know, own their story and be able to do the same right and, and i think to me that was probably the biggest part and i'm gonna i'm not gonna say that i did that alone of course no my parents play a super fundamental role in that one uh and of course we work together as a team so that's you know you know what they say right the team war makes the dream work and right. that's 100 true in my family so right. we play each one a role and of course i was leading the whole you know, the whole journey on that. Wow. That's incredible that you care that much. You care that deeply, right? About their success that you kind of take it on yourself to ensure that they are on a path that breeds them, you know, similar success to what you had. So that that's awesome. Um, you mentioned becoming a, a CCNA instructor and that's kind of was your first taste in his Cisco and that architecture for those listening. And it's mainly a Cisco and Meraki audience, but there are other folks out there who aren't, you know, part of the organization. What is CCNA? So tell us what it is. Um, and, uh, and then how did you leverage being an instructor? Like I, my, I guess my question is, you know, was it that from that moment on, you were like, I want to be at Cisco. Like, were you just kind of entranced by the technology or what was it about this program that got you so excited to become a Sisconian? Yeah, that's, that, that's also a good question. I think, you know, for, for those of you that I'm probably not familiar with the, you know, the terminology, uh, CCNA stands for the Cisco Certified Network Associate, which is pretty much the first entry of, you know, certification program into the Cisco, you know, world. Uh, so you cover all the fundamentals about networking pretty much. Right. So, when I saw that, right, I literally, I'm gonna probably gonna say it's, it's gonna sound a little bit coarse, but it's true. I literally fall in love with the networking world and how 
to understand how the things were connected and how the internet works and how, you know, how really all those applications and services that we use, what are, what is really behind the scenes of all of that? So that's why actually I literally fell in love with all the Cisco technology. And since then I was like, oh, wow, it should be great to work in that company, right? To just why not? Why not? And and that's when actually I think that internal motivation and you know desire to just go after more mm-hmm. uh, start you know my journey on the Cisco and see how can I make that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And that I got a I got a funny story, and you know maybe some of you are uh, familiar with this movie, uh, A Nice Tale. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie in which William Thatcher uh, it's uh, trying to become into a knight, a, a real knight, and but he's super humble, of course. So when 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 he said the people, uh, even his father, that he become that he wants to be a real knight, people laugh, right? And people is like, eh, I mean, you are a, you're a peasant, right? You're a peasant, so you, you, you know, no one can change the stars, and and I remember. That movie, because actually that marked a really interesting moment in my life in which they were, uh, you know, William Thatcher's father told him, hey, if you believe enough, a man can do anything and go and change your stars, right? And, you know, live the life that you want to live and not the one that you had to. And I think that I took that like deeply, <laughs> deeply yeah. in my heart and just start to see, hey, you know what? I like this one and Cisco could be a really good goal to go after, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, I can use that to transform my family's life, right? So it was that purpose that literally just, you know, start to drive the entire uh, conversation. But um, yeah, wow. That's incredible. And what a great example, that movie and that quote and, you know, his dad saying, if you believe enough, you can make anything happen. I love that because, you know, you can't teach grit and tenacity and drive and hunger, right? All these things that you're, you're, you're a leader, right? We want in our employees. That's certainly what I look for when I'm hiring is people who have those qualities. Um, How do you how do you help someone find the light in that regard? You know, how do you work with someone to bring out those qualities, those characteristics? Do you think it's just innate? It's in people? Do you think it can be trained? What are your thoughts? I, I think that there needs to be some internal motivation, right? Definitely. It's, it's a start like an internal motivation, right? But I think that at some point, you can also use those challenges that you have in life, right? And that's 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 my approach, right? You can take those challenges and decide what you want to do. You want to just take the challenge and, you know, remain seated and keep crying? Or you want to take that challenge and transform that into an opportunity for you? And I think that's the way to teach that kind of things. That's actually my approach. Let me give you an example. When, you know, when I was young, um, we, I mean, we didn't have, you know, that money to pay for the rent or for just buy good quality food, right? Um, so what, what you can do, right? What I did 
And that's the approach that I'm trying to you know, transfer. It's, hey, I start selling lottery, literally selling lottery in, my, in the streets. That was my first seller job when I was 12, by the way. I was 12. And I just was literally selling lottery in the streets. Uh, and all that money was for my family, right? And in that way, we, we were helping to pay the rent, helping to just buy some food and those kind of things. And, and again, it was part of the internal motivation, right? Mm -hmm. But also... It was part of, okay, how to use that challenge and transform that challenge into opportunities, right? And I think that's how you can teach how to use it, right? Because at the end of the day, the challenge is the challenge. You cannot control that, right? But you can control how you react to that challenge. And that's the part that you can literally get better and that you can get trained. Yeah. You can't control other people's actions. You can only control your own and your reactions. Uh, that's such a valuable lesson. Um, and you sound like a person who certainly doesn't play the victim. If a challenge is handed to you in life, if you have a hard circumstance or situation, you're going to take it on yourself to try to figure it out, right? Um, which is important. And I, I think that speaks a lot to your parents and the way they raised you clearly in your family growing up. Um, you know, speaking of giving back and family and that sense of community, um, I know that giving back is extremely important to you and you're involved in some of the EROs at Cisco. Um, I'm curious, why, why is giving back so important to you? And then talk to us about some of what you do to, to give back to your community, to an employee resource group. Talk to us about what that looks like. Yeah. Again, part of the core values that my family, you know, especially my parents put on my heart were, was like, hey, you need to definitely help others, right? We are here, we are here in this world with a purpose, right? Uh, you probably can spend the entire life figuring out what is your purpose. And you're probably not going to get it, right? But in the meantime, what you do, you know, and in the meantime, what you do with not only with the money, what you do with the skills, what you do with the strengths, what you do with all you get, right? From your job, from your family. And you decide how to use that, right? You can take all of that and just keep it for yourself, right? Or you can plant the seed in others and multiply that. And that's why for me, giving back is so freaking important. And to me, I do the giving back uh, quite honest, not because I want any kind of recognition or something like that. I do it because I want to plant that seed in others. In that way, you can multiply that effect, right? And that's actually, I'm part of multiple uh, initiatives. I actually, you know, since I was, again, kid, um, I was trying to give him back to my community. But right now, uh, I'm part of Conexion, which is the Latin uh, ERO here in Cisco. And I start in Conexion like a regular member when I actually moved to the States. And then I move into a chapter lead role. And now I'm the global events lead in, in that Conexion ERO. And of course, because we want to give back to our Latin the Latino community, right? There is too much that we can do, that we can do for our you know, community. And if there is ways in which you can 
get sponsors and multiply that effect, that's great, right? But I also part of the, I love soccer, you mentioned that. So um, I'm part of the AYSO, which is the American Youth Soccer Organization. And that's a 100% volunteer organization as well. So we pretty much teach soccer to kids. Um, and I am a head coach, a board member, a referee in that organization. So I put a lot of hours in that kind of things. And I just love it. It's just, again, just planting the seed and see other people smile and help other one to also be successful, right? And actually that to me is part of my style, right? I, I like to I like to say that I'm a 2PL leader, 2P, 2P leader, which means that I lead with uh, purpose and passion. And my purpose ah. in this case, you know, and my purpose in this case is of course, help others to be successful, right? And if you can teach a kid, not only how to kick a ball, I mean, you know, you can now, you can, you can learn how to kick a ball, right? But if you can teach to those kids lessons about how to take a loss, how to take the defeat, how to train harder to become better, right? If you can teach the kids those kind of things to me, that's all about giving back. The last one, it's, I'm a firm believer that proper education plus family core values, mm -hmm. you know, can change life. Right. And change lives. And that's actually why um, I don't talk about this too much, quite honest, but that's why uh, we sponsor uh, also in Colombia. Uh, today we sponsor with my wife, two young adults in Colombia, and we pay for their college tuition. So we, wow. we literally take care of the entire college. And one of, one of them, it's almost ready to get his uh, business administration degree. And the other one, it's in the first year of her journey to get a teacher and educator, educator credentials in Colombia. Um, so that's why, again, I was able, right, to just align a lot of different variables and, you know, work with a lot of different team to change my life, to transform my family. Now, hey, the less I can do, right? It's use those skills that I learned during the process and help others mm -hmm. to do even better, right? Or just transform their own lives. And that's why, to me at least, uh, giving back is really deep to my heart. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wow, that's incredible. I'm sure a lot of people out there listening, including myself, I'm like, I need to log a couple more uh, VTO hours. But you know, you can hear it in the sound of your voice, like the, the passion and the enthusiasm that you have and the deep meaning of this volunteer work to you. And, you know, that, that statement about planting the seed in others and then letting that multiply and your leadership style being the two P's purpose and passion. I love that. And how fortunate you are to have found that. I feel like a lot of people go their whole life trying to figure out purpose. I think it's, you know, maybe I'll ask you about that. I think it's so daunting because a lot of times people say, well, have purpose in the work you do and have, have passion in your job every single day. And that's not always easy to do. Right. And, and for those folks who are still soul searching or maybe younger in their career and they haven't found that yet, what's your advice to keep people driven and on a path and 
tips and tricks to figure out what do, what do passion and purpose look like? Cause it can be really overwhelming, right. To try to figure that out. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's, that's an entire journey. Uh, I'm going to say it's an entire discovery process, right? It's not easy at all to find what I want to do, what I really want to be. Right. And again, uh, it's not like, uh, there is a magic recipe, you know, to just, okay, do one, two, three, and you'll be fine. Definitely it's not, right? There's has a lot to do with how, how well you know yourself. And I think that's to me, the first, the really first step that you need yeah. to do is, yeah. okay, if I really want to find what is my purpose, what is my passion, right? I need to find what really brings me joy, what really brings me, you know, a, a smile on my face when I just think about it, right? And that's part of the, you know, internal discovery or self-discovery, you know, exercise, right? You need to take what you really like, right? And, and again, people, people cannot tell you that. That's the important thing. I mean, people can't tell like, oh, you looks like, you know, you looks to like this, or maybe, hey, I can tell that you are good doing this or that. However, there is a huge difference between things that are, that you are good at versus things that you really like to do. Right. And right. find that difference. It's important to just find that purpose, right? Because let me give you an example. Right. Uh, I love music. I love music, but I'm not a good musician. Not mm -hmm. at all. Even if I tried uh, and I, uh, and I, you know, I I took guitar lessons and, you know, singing lessons. And I, even I was playing in a band and uh, some stuff. However, at some point I was, okay, I liked it, but I'm not really good doing it. And even if I try, I'm not good. So you need to try to align those two things at some point and see, hey, I'm good, I'm, I'm really good doing this, but also I feel good and powerful and strong when I do those kind of things. When you have that alignment, guess what? You discover one of the things that you can really thrive. Right. You find flow, right? You find you passion. Find the flow. Right. Describe that for, for folks listening. Like all, so for me, getting to leadership was the first time in my career ever where I felt in flow, you know, time would just fly. I loved what I was doing. I loved coaching and mentoring and helping people, you know, prep for an interview and get promoted. And it just, I found it right. And, um, it, it was the first time ever I felt it. So what, what is flow like for you? When are you in flow? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, I, I want to say that the, there's multiple answers to that one because I have like different uh, approaches to that one. But uh, I'm going to say the first one, it's when I'm, when I'm involved with people, helping that people to be successful, that to me, it's like a match. You know, it's like perfect match. I feel like connected because I love people. So I love connections. And at the same time, I love seeing other ones to succeed. So you got that connection. So that's one of the ones that I really like it. The other one I'm going to say is related to my family. When I, you know, of course, all that leadership and all that uh, theory, 
I also apply with my girls, right? So if I can see my daughters thrive in one of those things after we were able to just connect and guide them through, you know, whatever challenge it is, um, that's powerful, right? The other thing, the third one, it's I love challenges. I love it. I embrace them. I just love it. And, and I keep challenging myself, right? And I keep challenging myself. So for instance, when I was in Colombia, right, working for Cisco in Colombia, we were looking for some relocation. And at that time, I already had my wife, you know, and, and my girls. And we were saying, okay, I, we want to, we want a new challenge. We want to, you know, get out of our comfort zone and see what options do we have. And thanks, you know, thanks to the life, uh, we were, we got a chance to, you know, uh, apply for a role here in the States and, no, got that relocation, Cisco and, you know, Cisco and Iraqi sponsor the entire process, which, you know, I'm super thankful. Uh, and we move here without no family at all. So we are literally the first ones in our families, both my, my wife family and my family, to just, you know, take that risk. And when you take that risk and just connect that risk with a challenge and you feel good doing it, there is an entire learning process through that one, right? So that's to me the other flow. When you are able to just connect, you know, the challenge again with an opportunity and just embrace those opportunities. And I'm not talking about just job again. Okay. Sometimes you have that in your day by day, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Not everyone is like that, right? A lot of people <laughs> Getting uncomfortable, challenges, unforeseen circumstances make people very nervous and apprehensive and cause anxiety. And it's incredible that you're like, oh, bring it on. That's like your sweet spot. You're like, I, if there's opportunity in this challenge, I want it. How do, how do we reframe our brain to think more like that? So for those of us who, if a challenge gets thrown our way, or, you know, you start to feel anxiety about something. What's a tip or trick you have to reframe your brain? Oh, I mean, I'm not saying that actually I'm not feeling anxious or nervous when I'm doing those kind of things. Trust right. me, I, I panic. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not, that it's easy. And I just, you know, oh yeah, let's do this. And it's just easy peasy, lemon right. squeezy. It's not, it's not at all. You got the anxiety. You're always going to get that. You're always going to get that, you know, you're always going to get that anxiety, that nervous system, like, you know, okay, what is going to be, what is going to be next? What about this? What about that? What about that? And I think to me, how you rewire your brain have a lot to do with what is the end goal of that situation. So are you clear about what is the end goal of that situation that you're facing today? If you can focus your mind in the end goal of that situation, you're probably going to be better on the decision process or just taking or embracing that change, right? The second one, it's again, it's a little bit of how do you take life, right? You cannot control, you know, what others make. You cannot control, uh, you know, external variables or external factors, right? Mm -hmm. You can control yourself right you can even control i mean i i have i have problems just controlling what my girls do right so it's you, you cannot control that right so there's no way that you can control it 
and but you can control how you react you can control how you approach that situation right and when you realize that you guess what you are eliminated a lot of that external anxiety because now you can focus in something that you know well you right yeah a lot a lot of like soul archaeology work right to understand <laughs> who you are and what makes you tick and what do you love doing? And so, um, let me ask, how did you learn kind of the psychology of yourself? You know, it sounds like it's a skill that's developed over time, but you really had to invest in you and, you know, learning along the way, what you like, what you don't like, what challenges motivate you versus what doesn't talk to us. How did you discover that? Again, that's, that's a process that is going to take some time, right? But yeah. more than time, it's going to take effort to just invest in yourself, right? I, and let me ask you this question, and especially for other people that are listening. How many hours a week you dedicate to yourself? And when I'm saying to yourself, I'm not talking about your family, your wife, your kids, your job. No, yourself. Just investing in yourself in something that you is for you just for you and no okay. nobody else yeah. and i'm i mean you can be surprised that a lot of people have zero hours in a week investing in themselves right and actually that's why I, I you know i i did that exercise and just start doing that exercise and i really like and i you know for for those of you that are probably you like to read or you know audio books or whatever there is actually a really good book which is called love plus work by marcus buckingham and hey if you want to start that kind of journeys you should read it definitely it's a book to teach about okay how can i invest more time in myself just in discovering what what are really my strengths what is really my skills who am I really? I I mean, you know, it's it's not an easy question, of course, right? Oh. But you need to invest time just doing that, right? And I, you know, it's I think that that again, it took me years to just discover and and of course be passionate about. Okay, hey, you know what? The first time that I look myself with a honest view in front of the mirror. Mm -hmm. You're probably not gonna like it. Yeah, yeah, and it's you're uncomfortable. Start this, oh, yeah, of course. And you're gonna yep. start seeing yourself like, oh wow, oh really? I do, I did that. I'm like that. Uh, but again, even with all those defects or you know imperfections, you need to start loving yourself and see. Okay, mm -hmm. hey, okay, maybe I'm not a good. Maybe I'm not a good. You know. I don't know, cooker, right? I'm not a good cooking. Okay, but guess what? I like to make cocktails and I'm really good at it. And see, again, that was a challenge, something that you probably don't like it, but then you can start moving around and see, mm -hmm. okay, but this one is good. So, or this other one is good. And if you feel strong doing those kind of things, do it more. Right. And I think... People underestimate the correlation of doing this soul work to find out who they are and investing in themselves and figuring out what they like and how much it correlates with 
people who are really successful at work. Because I think the more clear you can get with who you are and what you do well and your strengths and where you can invest, that's when your career takes off, right? When you have this intuitive sense of purpose and who you are and knowing what you're really good at. And so doing the work outside of work to figure that out makes you a better employee, right? Wouldn't you argue that that's when things really take off? Yep. And I, that's why actually I, I, I love one of the Meraki values that, you know, we have, which is um, simplify everything. Mm-hmm. And, and actually it's because sometimes you can just start over complicated how to, you know, be success or how to really discover who I am. And, and again, it's, even though it's, a long process or could be a long process. It's not that hard. It's simple. It's simple. You just need to start to look into you and it's simple. And I like that approach of, you know, of our Meraki value, like, Hey, you need to learn how to simplify everything. Sometimes we just, we just are master of complexity. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I agree. And also another value being brave. It is courageous work to look in the mirror and decide that things need to change or be different. Um, so I think it, it all weaves in together. So let's, let's talk about you finding your strengths and then showing up at work and using them. So you're a TSA right now. That's your role at Cisco Meraki. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the role and what it entails, but more importantly, um, the strengths that you've discovered you have along the way, how do you implement that in your daily job to bring you purpose and passion? You know, what does that look like for you? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, let me start to, by telling that, uh, Omar, by saying that, you know, being a TSA, which is, you know, a technical solutions architect, it's, it's about sales, right? It's about advising. It's about to, of course, checking uh, what are the customer requirements and how to align those requirements with our products, with our services. And, you know, at the end of the day, help the customer to be successful, right? That's, that's what we do, right? So we need to become like a trust advisors um, for our customers, right? And, and of course, I, I cover the entire Meraki portfolio. So I'm, you know, I cover, you know, from cameras to, endpoint management solutions, switches, wireless, you know, a little bit of SD-WAN and security and a lot of different products, I should say. And when you need to go and talk to your customers, talk to your partners, talk to your colleagues about, you know, solutions, I think that I discovered, right, that one of my strengths and one of those skills that I'm really good and I really like is actually create those personal connections. I'm really good creating. So I'm a, I'm a connector, like natural connector and, an ad, and also an advisor. So, hey, how can I use that on my job? If I'm good connecting with people, let's go and take that and start to take a different approach with my customer conversations, for instance, right? So instead of just go and pitch, oh yeah, here is our, uh, you know, MS390 or our MX105, and this is the features and all of that one. Hey, you know, how was your day? Let's start the conversation talking about, hey, oh wow, I, I, I you know, I look that you like uh, football. How was the game the other day? 
and you know change that conversation a little bit from just being 100% technical to just create that connection first. I think when you create that connection first, then you can start talking about other things and are going to be different. And the, you know, the conversation level is going to be entirely different because now you have a connection. Right? Now you have that connection. And I think I use that a lot in my job. And I use that, you know, like a, like a TSA, of course, I use that a lot with my customers. And I try to use that connection ability to to do it. And, and that's pretty much how I do it, you know, at least with one example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So creating that personal rapport, building that rapport on a call and not just jumping straight into products, right? You're really brokering that trust. So then when it comes to, unpacking their pain points and what they're trying to get done. There's already that level of like, yeah, I trust this person, right? They, yeah. they, they've invested in me. Um, that's incredible. What, what skill set are you still trying to work on or perfect? What's something that you feel like you haven't quite mastered yet? Oh, wow. I think we need to, we need to have another podcast episode to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a lot of things that I'm still trying to master, quite honest. Uh, but uh, I'm going to start by saying that uh, sometimes, um, you know, saying no, it's hard, especially when you are a person that, you know, like me, that like to help, you know, that like to also volunteer, that it's all about, you know, helping others to be success. Sometimes you have struggled to just being able to say, hey, no. I can, I cannot commit to this. I cannot commit to that. And I'm still learning that must, that, that skill. Um, I should say sometimes I, you know, I try, I'm going to say sometimes I just over, over commit with multiple stuff, even though I use yes. it, I, 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 you know, I do it, I do it all, mm -hmm. but that caused me a lot of course of extra effort, extra stress, extra time, because I just committed a little bit too much. Right. Right. I think that's probably one of those that I'm still working and trust me, I'm not working alone. And that's the other thing that I always want to tell the audience, right. And all the people that are listening, Hey, you don't need to work alone. There is mentors, there are coaches, there are, you know, friends, family, go and ask for help. Ask for help. People yeah. can give you advice sometimes. I mean, if you want a door to open, you need to knock. You need to knock the door. Otherwise, <laughs> the door is going to keep closed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you need to master one of those skills, right? Like in my case, you know, learn how to say no. I need to start listening from other people. Okay, hey, how do you do it? No, yeah. tell me a little bit. How do you do it? And maybe, maybe some of those words can resonate in my life or in my style and I can, Oh yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't do that. What if I try and just to start that self-improvement exercise with some of those sure. skills. Right? Yeah. I hear you. I have a very difficult time saying no personally, professionally. I'm like, yep, let's take it on. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I have no time and experience burnout. And it's like, that's not worth it. So oh, yeah. I'm with you there. We can hold each other accountable on saying no more. <laughs> yeah, let's try. Let's train together. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm going to, we can do it. Okay, we'll do it. We'll totally do it. Well, we're coming up on time, which is crazy. This is flown by, truly. 
Um, but I want to, I want to end, I always like some sort of call to action. Um, and you mentioned mentorship and coaching, you know, for those folks listening out there who are maybe a part of Cisco or not a part of Cisco, it can feel really intimidating trying to get a mentor or a sponsor or asking someone for guidance. Do you have recommendations, you know, when approaching people or how do you even go about finding one? Like, where do you start? What would your advice be? Okay. I think that, uh, that's, that's scary at the, the first time you do it, right? I mean, pretty much every single thing you do in life, it's scary the first time you do it, right? Once you start doing it more, you're going to gain that confidence, right? My advice is, hey, if you really want to find someone to mentor you or to coach you, right? First of all, you need to be able to just sell yourself, what I'm saying by, you know, what I mean by selling yourself, it's, again, every single mentorship or coaching relationship needs to be a two-way relationship. So the coach needs to also win something, and the mentor needs to also win something. So find that that you can offer and go and sell yourself, because in that way, you're probably going to let's say, got a yes, right? Because now I'm not, on, I'm not only asking for you to commit your time to help me out. No, I'm asking you, okay, to create a relationship, a two-way relationship in which I can put something from my side as well and help you with your goals. So instead of just go and ask someone to mentor you or to coaching you, Change that and maybe ask first, hey, how can I help you mm. to be successful? Mm -hmm. How can I help you to be successful in your role? You know what? I got this experience. I know this at that. And, you know, and I want to learn more about this. There is something that probably I can use in one of your initiatives. And in that way, you know, you are, again, creating a two-way relationship. And okay. that's way more powerful than just go and ask, you know, without give back anything, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Yeah, that's a great, that's a really great point. You know, I think sometimes people feel intimidated, like, well, what could they learn from me? You know, there are two levels up, but there's always something. There's always a skill set you have or a value that you bring and practice it, right? Practice saying what it is with someone else first, maybe before you pitch it to that person. But I think that's such a good point. Don't underestimate the value that you bring to the relationship. Absolutely. I mean, you, you are unique. At the end of the day, you are unique. And you need to trust yourself that you are unique. And there is something that you can add. There, there is always value that you can bring. Mm -hmm. The question is, do you know what is that value? Right. Soul archaeology. You got to do your homework. Yeah. What is your value that you're bringing? Yeah. Well, I feel inspired and I think you should come talk to my sales org if you're open to it. <laughs> Anytime, of course. I'm more than happy to do it. <laughs> okay. This is not the part where we work on saying no. I love that you just said yes to me. 
Oh yeah, no, but that that one that one is hard to say no. Quite honest, I'm gonna tell you why because that's one that that's the kind of thing that I really love to. So it's right. I would love that. Actually, I, I would love for you to come talk to my sales org. So we'll talk about after after we stop the recording. But Ricardo, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I hope you had the best time. Oh, yeah. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Sammy. I really enjoyed this. And, you know, again, uh, thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, it's great to share my story. And actually, this was uh, a really nice experience, quite honest. And, Remember you asked me the question about what kind of skills I'm still trying to master? Yes. Uh, guess what? Being vulnerable and just sharing my story, it's yeah. one of those that I'm still trying to master because it's not as easy as sounds. And sometimes, you know, even people love to talk about himself or herself. Um, it's not as easy as go deep and just share those details, right? And I really appreciate, you know, you and the entire Meraki podcast team for inviting me and, you know, give me this time to not only share my story, I hope inspire someone and, but at the same time also help me on my mastering <laughs> that skill. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you for being incredibly vulnerable. You did a brilliant job of sharing your story and it is never easy to do, but it makes a difference. And it's why people want to listen to you and talk to you and engage with you because they feel that authenticity. So it is so, so important. Um, so thank you again, Ricardo, for joining. And that wraps up another episode, folks, of the Meraki Unbox podcast. My name is Sammy Brenner. Thank you for listening. Download, subscribe, tell your friends, and tune in in two weeks for new content. Have a wonderful day, folks. 